Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. The silent assassin made a brief appearance last week and now he's floated back off out into the ether. We're hoping he's going to come by tonight. We asked him and invited him to, to come by tonight because it is the Spooky South Coast 7th anniversary. And I know that if I scrolled through this computer somewhere, I'd be able to find some sort of a sound effect. So let's uh, let's keep looking here. But uh, it was seven years ago. I believe it tonight was the exact uh, anniversary. That would make sense since it's seven years. Uh, but uh, seven years ago tonight that we actually had... Our very first program here on WBSM. It was myself and, and Matt Costa, and uh, Evan Rousseau was our co-host at the time, and it was very scary, to say the least. I have to say, I was uh, I was very excited to to be on the air and to have that opportunity. Here we go, ready? Seventh anniversary for Spooky South Coast. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Yes. It goes, I, I guess it goes on for quite a while. We get like three more seconds of applause. Wow. That, I don't think they clapped that long when I saw Hart last night. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> So it was seven years ago tonight that we decided to, to do this crazy show. Uh, it was actually it was November of 2005 that uh, we first had discussions with, with Pete Braley here at WBSM about putting on a, a radio program in some fashion. He's like, you know, if you have some ideas of what you'd like to do, let us know. And I said... Gee, I'd really love to do a show on the paranormal. And Pete's response was, um, uh, okay, when do you want to do it? I said, well, my schedule's pretty busy. How about Saturday nights at 10 o'clock? And since this is pretty much, you know, reruns usually of, of other news talk programs from during the week, uh, and they have the chance to get some original content, they bought it. They're like, not not literally bought it. I mean, there was no, <laughs> we don't get paid for this, but, you know, they they... They accepted the idea. The station management thought it was a good idea to, to, to talk ghosts and UFOs and aliens and conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff Saturday nights at 10 o'clock because, you know, that's when only the weird people are home, like all of you out there listening now. But uh, <laughs> it, took a little, it took a little bit of planning, though, uh, myself and Matt Costa. We spent a lot of time, you know, hammering out what we wanted the format of Spooky South Coast to be. And originally, back at that time, we thought it was just going to be we were going to come here on the local airwaves and talk to local people, take calls, have them share their ghostly experiences with us maybe, you know, ask us questions about the paranormal. We would try to find them the answers. And we were kind of assuming that, you know, it would just be – actually, we figured it would just be Matt and I talking to ourselves each week. And – it didn't take long before the format of the program kind of just evolved organically. That very first program, we had Keith Johnson, who is now a great friend of the program, longtime friend, been here since even before the first episode, giving us some advice. And he knocked it out of the park in the first episode. 
And we said, gee, this guest thing works out pretty good. We should try and see if we can find somebody every week. <laughs> so the second week we had, uh, we had Paul Eno and we had Reverend Gail Hicks, who's a, a uh, minister and, and psychic from Fall River. And I think the third show was, might have been Capers. Yeah, Derek Bartlett. And by week four, we already had Matt Moniz as part of the crew. I think uh, week four was when we had John Zaffis on for the first time. And uh, we, I remember how it how it began, and uh, you know, here's here's Matt Costa and myself, and 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 we're, you know, having anxiety going into the first program. Uh, th- the main problem that we had was we wanted the website to be ready, because we knew that a lot of people would want to share their stories with us electronically rather than call in. It was going to take a while for us to get people on our side. You know, it's not like today where you can jump into the chat room on spooky tv at spooky and chat with a whole community of people that that enjoy the program and i want to say hi to everybody that's in there tonight because we do have a full house in the chat room and these are loyal listeners a lot of them who have been here since week one or from the very earliest shows and and it's become like a family uh in there but you know now we have the video so that you can see us in the studio and see what's going on uh, so if you're listening on the radio you can check that out on our website while you're listening to the show but back then they didn't know who we were. You know, maybe some people knew who I was from my sports columns in the paper, but nobody knew who Matt Costa was. And we wanted them to share with us these stories and experiences that they might have had that they hadn't even told their own family or friends. And here we are saying, you know, come talk to these strangers. And so we figured that electronically, you know, that would be the best way for people to get a hold of us. And if we could put our faces on a website, let them know that even though we're a couple of weird-looking dudes, you can trust us, we thought it might help us out. And we figured, you know, while we got this website going, while the show was going to be, you know, internet-friendly, we'll say. Well, bear in mind, this is also at the beginning of the social media network. Right. There was no Twitter or Facebook or MySpace. Well, MySpace, I think, had just really started taking oh, we had no idea how to use it at the time. <laughs> but but we kind of grew with it and in those early days you know, we knew of podcasting you know i i listened to a few podcasts uh here and there but it was more like specially created little programs it wasn't like uh, a recorded radio show so i was thinking maybe we should look into this podcasting thing maybe this would be beneficial for us to help kind of spread the word and, and help us gain some credibility in the paranormal world. So we did it. We started podcasting. And I remember, you know, checking out the, the download numbers <laughs> and going up to Mac Austin and be like, can you believe that 15 people have downloaded our show in the past three weeks? You know, <laughs> like that's amazing that that many people would seek us out and want to listen to us. And we didn't realize what it was going to grow into you know, to where we would be having hundreds of thousands of downloads of in one week. Yeah. You know, over a million downloads in one month. We never thought we would have reached, you know, those kind of heights. And to have people contacting us from around the world, I mean, I remember going on. And this is, this is how uh, obsessive it was in the early days. Of, I just wanted to make sure that we had something viable. And we wanted to make sure that we weren't wasting everybody's time in doing this because, like I said, you know, we don't get paid for this, and we don't, you know, we don't actively pursue 
income from what we do with Spooky South Coast. We have other interests in the paranormal that we utilize, uh, and we try to you know make a little money off of that, and like with legend trips and things like that to kind of subsidize what we do here on the show. But you know we don't have our handout for anything. We always saw the the show as being something that we could give to the paranormal community. But that being said, we also wanted to make sure it was going to be something that they wanted too. I mean, you can give me all the free cottage cheese in the world, but I'm still not going to eat it because I don't like cottage cheese. So we wanted to make sure we weren't putting out the cottage cheese of radio shows. I mean, and this show is cheesy at times, but thankfully it's not cottage cheese. So we decided that, uh, you know, the the podcasts were, were picking up and it was worth continuing on with. We had no idea what the local listenership was. We still don't really know what the local listenership is unless we're giving away psychic readings and the phone lines light up for the entire two hours. But other than that, you know, we never really know how many people are listening to our voice at any given time because we have become a podcast, too. I mean, in addition to being a live radio show, we are out there as a podcast. And most people that contact us tell us that's how they listen. But in those early days, I remember obsessing over things and, and going on the website every night to see what kind of reaction we were getting. We had the old spooky forum uh, on the original Spooky South Coast page. And some people still go to that. And I don't know how. We don't even link to it anymore. But people must have it bookmarked. Because I don't think I can even log into it anymore. But there's people that still go on. I mean, I go on there and it'll be like 77 guests and 14 members today. So we we have this interactiveness with the program. So I'm like, let's see where we're getting these downloads from. Where are we getting these website hits from? And I start looking at, at some of the data that's up there. And we're getting downloaded in New Zealand, Australia, Japan, China, Uzbekistan, you know, all these different places around the world. I'm like, why? What is it that would make people want to listen to this little rinky-dink paranormal radio show out of the, you know, the southeast corner of Massachusetts? But what I think that it is, I really think that it's, we've never made the show about us, even when our content director is, you know, trying to say we should step out into the limelight more as the anchors of this program, uh, you know, we've always tried to push this as being the listener show. And we are just here as a conduit for the listener. And uh, I'm happy to say that in seven years, I think that we've done a pretty good job of doing that. Uh, I know that there's been some times when, you know, uh, we've done some stinkers. A few. (laughs) There's been some nights where we've come in and and we haven't really been feeling it. Or maybe the guest doesn't quite bring it to the table. Uh, But one thing that we always try to pride ourselves on is we fight our way through it. If we don't feel like we're up up for the conversation for the night, you know, we let the guest kind of take things over. If the guest isn't really, uh, you know, doesn't seem prepared and ready, you know, we try and fill in the gaps as best we can. And we have had occasion where the guest has taken over the show. Oh, yeah. That's, we and, and there's been times that we've booked guests for that particular reason. Like, <laughs> gee, I really don't feel like talking that much tonight. I, you know, I got a bit of a sore throat. You know, let, let's call Peter. Because Peter doesn't need us to ask him any questions. He's just a wealth of information. You know, and, and it works out well that we can, we can call on our friends that we've built in this community over the years. Now, Chris Balzano and I recorded Spooky Crossroads earlier this week. And we went over some of our, our more infamous and, and more famous episodes uh, during that time. And it was kind of like a little bit of a stroll down memory lane. I'd like to do that here again tonight. But obviously with the language cleaned up quite a bit from what we do on Spooky Crossroads on Spooky TV, Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock. But, plug, plug. Right, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's another thing, too. We never would have thought that we'd be hosting a network on our website where other people could bring their thoughts and views in the paranormal. And, and now we have people listening, watching, 
you know, downloading those programs as well. So it, it's it's amazing how much it spread. I mean, I never would have thought we'd still be here seven years. In fact, if you told me that we'd still be sitting here seven years, I'd say, really? Without getting paid? <laughs> like, now, in but, radio, you're considered a, an absolute success if you make it past, what is it, three years? Yeah. I mean, normally, you know, uh, a lot of radio hosts, and, and they tend to come in, do a few years, move to another market, and kind of take a step up the ladder. And And here we've been very fortunate that WBSM has always believed in our show and believed in us enough that they give us leeway to talk about what we want to talk about. You know, they don't have their hand in what we're doing. They, you know, we, we've talked about some, some real hot-button issues in, in the past. We, we talked about religion. We, we've talked about, you know, things, things that might cause controversy uh, in other arenas and, and, and other radio programs might be controversial. And as far as I know, we've never really had any letters sent in with people complaining about us or, you know, people saying that we're doing, we, we try to never be one side. No, they mail the us issues. direct. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> they just email us spooky crew at spooky south com. But, uh, you know, we, we've tried to be as fair and balanced as we can. And one, one thing that we talked about Wednesday night is the fact that, you know, we never try to just promote, one side of the story we always try to to have both sides on and if we're going to do an issue-based program instead of a guest-based episode if we're going to have uh you know say today we're going to talk about you know whether or not you should you know use emf detectors in the paranormal we're going to try to have the pro and the con side represented and and we're not relying on our own opinions we'll include them but we also try to present other sides of it too and i mean i can tell you there's there's been plenty of shows over the years here where uh, I've seen the look on Moniz's face where I know that he's just ready. And in the early days, I had to put my hand in front of you and stop you. But now, you know, the, I've you, learned now you're in the groove of how to do the program. You know, we don't we don't attack the guests. But, oh, man, <laughs> there's been some doozies. And and there, there's been a few slip-ups, too, <laughs> along the way. I, I couldn't hold you back on Commander Sani Sito, but oh. we'll talk more about her later on in the program. But getting back to the, to the origins of Spooky South Coast, and, and really, I, I hate to make this a big self-congratulatory program, but uh, I've had a lot of people over the last few months that have been asking us to do another Backyard Podcast episode. And this is kind of our way of doing that without having to get drunk on the back porch because it's cold outside yeah. right now. But this is kind of our way of, of taking that feeling uh, to the radio airwaves. And, and I want to kind of go back and reminisce and stroll down memory lane. And if it sounds like we're patting ourselves on the back too much, you know, just indulge us this one night and we promise next week we'll stop doing it. But uh, we also want you to call in too and, and share your own thoughts. Uh, you can call in 508 996 one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. You can email us spooky crew at spooky or you can jump in the chat room on spooky TV at spooky That's probably uh, where most people are going to be congregating tonight. But uh, we definitely welcome the phone calls as well. And, and that's another thing. Like we said, we don't really know what the local listenership is because we never hear from them unless we're giving away psychic readings or or tickets to something. Uh, so. If you are out there listening, please call in. Just let us know. Let us know how, who you are, how long you've been listening, and what, what keeps you coming back each week. 
And it's also not limited to local callers. I mean, oh, absolutely. We open, yeah. uh, we've had callers call in from other states listening in live over the stream. We've, so. take, we've taken calls from our friend in New Zealand during the yeah. program and, and another friend in Australia. And it's it's amazing. I mean, I remember going in and, and, and uh, you know, sitting in on Beyond Reality when uh, myself and Jeff Belanger co-hosted when Jason and Grant were out of the studio. And they got a call from Australia. And I was like, how come we never get a call from Australia? And like, well, then really? A couple of months, we got a call from Australia. So it's 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 just mind blowing to me uh, the, the impact that we've had when I never would have expected that to be the case. But uh, going going back to the to the origin story, uh, not as good as you know a superhero origin story, but yeah. it's, it's pretty fun. So basically, I guess I can kind of reveal a little bit. We always, we never talked about the day job here for myself and Matt Costa, but we worked in a restaurant and we cooked together every day. Six days a week, and uh, sometimes seven, and that gave us a lot of time to to talk about what we wanted the show to be and to to flesh out Spooky South Coast, and to come up with ideas. And there were plenty of mornings when we would be cooking, like one of us would be covering the grill, and the other ones like searching the internet trying to find a guest for that week. And there's been plenty of shows that have come about that were great from that type of booking and, and plenty that were disasters from that type of booking. So we, we try to get away from that. And of course, Chris helps out with that. Chris Balzano, our, our show's content director, but we were probably having one of those types of conversations. And I know that I believe the waitress was talking to you about it. Yeah. And next thing I know, I, I hear from now we knew Moni's, uh, we knew Moni's from, uh, that we're getting some complaints about, uh, Audio issues. Can you see if on the on the um, Ustream broadcast window, if you can up the audio quality a little bit down there where it says audio quality? Maybe knock it down a little bit. That might help. It looks like we're clipping a bit, too, if you want to slide down the volume on the VU meter. Technical directing on the radio waves. But uh, so we're we're working at the restaurant, and, and we knew Moni's peripherally. We used to hang out at, at the Raven when you used to work there as the sound guy in your in your spare time. And Moniz looked exactly like he does now, <laughs> back then. And he's probably sitting out there in his, you know, Cape Cod Connection shirt and leather jacket and what have you. And and uh, in typical Moniz fashion, you know, it's not, hey, you know, I'm not Moniz. I heard you guys are doing a show about the paranormal. It's, so I hear you have a show about the paranormal. Yes. What exactly do you know about the paranormal? And he said it in like a way that, you know, I'm like, whoa, if I give the wrong answer here, you know, this, the, it, I, I had the feeling that if I gave the right answer, it could be very good. But if I gave the wrong answer, you know, a door was going to slam shut. And I, do you remember what I said to you? Y- you were honest. You said you knew only a little bit and that you were looking to learn more. Mm-hmm. That's a, I'm paraphrasing. It wasn't exactly what, but it was well, a lot pretty much lines. what I said. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's what made it so that, you know, Moniz wanted to come in here and, and help us out. And the original plan was you just came in and you had a folder with some interesting topic ideas and you said, you know, I can feed you this stuff as I come across it. If you ever need anything on any topic, let me know. And it probably took about four minutes of you being here in the studio. And, and don't get me wrong. You were not. A radio star from the outset. I mean, you were <laughs> still we, not. We had to keep telling you to come closer to the mic and, and to speak up because you just didn't want this. You didn't want to be. Yeah. I, as, 
from day one, and I'm still be like this until the day I die. For me, it's my own personal search and what I what I'm learning for myself. If I'm able to share it with other people, that's that's great for me. But it's the subject matter to me that means more more than just me. It's not about me. It's about what I'm trying to learn and the information that I'm learning in the process of going about. And I could understand that point of view, but also at the same time, you know, you had the knowledge and and the mind and you had the uh, inquisitiveness and also you had the connections. Yeah, the connections for sure. But you also had a little bit of the the built-in BS meter too already in place from having done this for so long, having investigated the paranormal for so long. So you already had the ability to kind of sniff things out a bit, whereas uh, Costa and I were a little bit wide-eyed and and kind of coming into this with, you know, we didn't really know who and what to believe. So we asked you if you could kind of come in each week, (laughs) and you did. And I think you were here for maybe two or three weeks on a regular basis before you said to us, you know, no, 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 you guys can't sit in here and talk about this stuff without getting out there and doing it for yourself. Exactly. And you started making plans to take us out on investigations. And I did. And, and we, But we jumped the gun on you. Yeah. And we decided to stop at Ellis Bowl Cemetery one night. <laughs> that was beautiful. And we, <laughs> we, were about, we were there for about 20 minutes. And, uh, and I caught my first EVP. And that's when you know, we said, yeah, yeah, let's do some of this field stuff. And uh, look at what it's done. Because I, I think if we didn't do that, then we would never have some of our, our best episodes that we've done out on investigations and, and brought back some of the evidence that we have. And, and we would never have legend trips, which I think would be a shame because of how many people are going out there and, and gathering evidence and, and learning about the paranormal uh, through those events. So Now, just think about how many people we touched in a paranormal way. I know that sounds weird. I, I, I know how many self- people you've touched in a paranormal way. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, uh, how many people we've educated, brought along with us on these adventures, not just physically on, on like the um, legend trips and other adventures we've gone on, but the people that have been able to be educated by us doing this, yourselves included. Mm-hmm. I've watched you guys grow immensely in the, your knowledge of the paranormal you've learned things that i'm sure you never thought you would be learning you know in about the paranormal and how wide and various the avenues are and and there there's people that still to this day will tell me i got started because of spooky south coast i i Listening to that show is what made me decide to become a paranormal investigator. And, you know, I, I won't give any names out there, but, you know, there's there's a number of them who have told me that. And there's a number of people who told me that they have gotten into the paranormal community as a result of this show. That You know, they, they had an interest in it, but they weren't an active participant in it. But that this show changed their mind. And, and especially this week where we've been promoting the seventh anniversary, a lot of people telling us that, They've been here since day one, and I know that they have because I remember them being there in the early days, and and uh, a lot of them, of course, are in the chat room right now, but one of them, Jason Mayo, is a good good friend of ours. Uh, he's just a fantastic person, and uh, he actually, <laughs> I still remember the first time that he, he sent me a text, I believe it was, with a, a picture in it of the bathroom wall, I believe at a Borders or a Barnes & Noble. 
and somebody had written, written spooky South Coast rules on the bathroom wall. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it in life, when you're on a men's room wall and they don't have your phone number underneath it. True. You know, when and as long as it says you know spooky South Coast rules, then that's that's a good case. But not that we condone graffiti. Of course, we would never condone graffiti. Oh, I was driving around and saw a spooky uh, sticker on the back of a vehicle recently. It happens. I mean, and it blows my mind when it does. And it's funny because uh, Borders and Adelbar is Jason saying, "Right, wow, Adelbar, we really are reaching out there." But. Uh, yeah, you drive around in a car. You see people driving around in cars with spooky South Coast bumper stickers, and you're like, you know, I'm trying to get somewhere, and I'm really mad because the guy in front of me is going 10 miles below the speed limit. I'm like, come on, hurry up, you jerk, get out of my way, and I'm just about ready to lean on the horn. And then I see the bumper sticker, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Let it roll. Yeah, not only am I glad that you're a listener and a fan, but I also don't want you to know the kind of crappy car that I drive. You know, so a lot of people have this illusion of, you know, we're a limousine riding, you know. Howard Stern, Don Imus type folk. Let them keep thinking that. But uh, <laughs> so I don't want to ruin the illusion for them. Yeah, we ride around in Flintstone mobiles. Yeah, pretty much. We actually, uh, it's a matter of which one of us can make it here. That's how we determine who, who does what on the show. But uh, So Jason contacted us this week. He sent us this amazing photo. We'll put it up there on Spooky TV. And it's it's just, it blew my mind. First of all, that, you know, the the creativity that he has and and i know that his his artwork is always amazing because i i like his uh tales of rocky point park comic book and a lot of his other work but when i saw that i was like wow first of all to to spend the time to put something like that together uh, you know that means that he really likes us and then to envision us with our heads chopped off uh that means that maybe he doesn't really like us <laughs> so, but uh it was it was really oh uh, i won't display it on spooky tv Oh, well, it's on my Facebook page. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see it. And uh, we'll put it up on the Spooky South Coast page as well. But, yeah, that's that's the limits of the technology. Yeah. We get by what we can. We're still learning. Yeah. yeah well, we just recently so You should have seen Matt Costa last week because uh, he came in. I was already set up over here. And he started working over there with... Uh, with spooky tv and he's putting up all kinds of pictures as we're talking about stuff he's like searching for throwing it up there he's putting up graphics all kinds of stuff and i was like dude that's why you went to school for this stuff and you know where where have you been all these weeks but uh i i do have to say that i am honored every time somebody even takes the time to contact us about anything but the fact that people have been listening since day one because day one was not so good Thankfully, we had Keith Johnson to save us on day one and to have a fantastic discussion because uh, we weren't good. And coming up later on in the second hour, I'm thinking I might play the beginning of show one. I can't really play because podcasting was new to us and we didn't really know how it all worked. And so I was recording the audio on my handheld digital recorder Uh. and I had it just a little bit too high. So we get a constant buzz. And a lot of clipping through the whole thing. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really want to play that one because people will just turn off their radios when they hear the hear the noise. But it is up there for, poster- for posterity's sake. We do have every episode that we've ever done available for podcast download. But, but the most talked about is definitely the uh, backyard one. That one still is, and and I would I would play some of that, but I don't think we can play <laughs> any of it. I think we started off with the uh, f bombs right from the beginning of that show. It didn't help anyway that we were already like three beers in when we pressed record. 
But uh, that was that was a great time, and that was early in the show too. I mean, really, that yeah. was uh, that was in the first year. That was uh, that was our idea. For those who have never heard of it, that was we were off the air for a Red Sox game or, or something, and we decided to record a show just for podcast only. And we figured since it was just for podcast, we we let our hair down, so to speak, and uh, we had some burgers and some beers sitting out on my back porch, and we got really deep unexpectedly. So uh, <laughs> it turned out to be. Uh, a very classic episode. That is probably one that, when people are new to the program, I, I always was afraid like that would be the one that turns people off to what we do. And I find that it's kind of quite the opposite. It did turn one person off. Remember yeah, that? Remember wow. the internet troll back then? Oh, yep. Yeah, but we've learned since then too. You you get one bad apple out of a bunch. But I think the the whole podcast itself. It gave a deeper insight as to who we were and what, where we were coming from. At and we didn't time. plan on that. That no. was what we were, we just were going to have fun. But uh, as usual, you know, when a bunch of dudes start drinking, they get reflective. And they start passing around the I love yous and that kind of stuff. And, and then the grill catches fire. And yeah, <laughs> well, that happens. That happens even when I'm sober. But uh, we, we did. We, we shared what it was that got us into the paranormal. And I think that we grew both as as radio hosts as paranormal personalities and also as friends that night you know getting deeper into into some of this stuff and that's still a hallmark episode and i definitely want to kick around some of the favorites and not so favorites uh coming up in the second hour we're going to bring chris balzano in and we'll talk about some of these shows uh a little bit more in depth hopefully uh matt costa can check in if he's not coming in maybe he can just call in uh and and we can talk with him a bit uh, about the show and about these last seven years or last six years but uh, And we will go into some of our favorite moments, some of our least favorite moments, uh, some of the controversy that's brewed up around some of these shows. There's one show that uh, <laughs> I forgot about how controversial it was until Chris and I were talking about it. But uh, it was uh, – I'll, I'll just throw it out there in case, in case you don't remember. You can get the wheels running. Remember when Lindsay Malone for – it was like Americans Against Reality Television – Oh, yes. And we had Jeff here in the studio? Yes. That was classic. Uh, was debating beautiful. the merits of paranormal reality television. Uh, I'm pretty sure I defended it that night. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I would do the same thing uh, tonight. But, all right, well, we have a call on the line. Again, if you want to call in and check in, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. That's if you want to call in and share some memories, some thoughts. You know, even if you've waited all this time to let us know that you think that we're terrible, you know, we'll take that call, too. It doesn't all have to be pats on the back tonight. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Hey, happy anniversary, guys. It's Keith. Our first hey. guest. Hey, how you doing? Thank you, Keith, for putting up with us back then. Oh, that was that was a, it was a wonderful experience. And, you know, I'm just thinking about all the uh, other great times we've had there, like... Um, you know, then when we were at the Lizzie Borden house broadcasting mm-hmm. and also the Dover Demon episode, that was wonderful on the anniversary of that. And, uh, you know, we, we've had some good times, some really good times, you know, uh, inside the studio and out. So, you know, I just wish you a happy anniversary. And it's uh, seven years later and you guys are running great. So this this is wonderful. Thank you. I think what it is, a lot of it helps that, uh, you know, nobody's really caught on yet that we don't know what we're doing, <laughs> at least technically speaking. It's still a challenge. Every week we come in here, and I'm like, it might be time to have Keith come and bless this place again. I don't know what's going on. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was an experience when Sandra and I came in and did that. And, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that made history with us too. So I got to get back into the studio sometime with you guys very soon. Absolutely. And we thank you for having us on Ghosts Are Near. And you, you guys are going on an anniversary coming up pretty soon for that too, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We've been on since, uh, 2006 and we're, you know, we're, we're going strong. We've just uh, recently started Skyping and um, Skyping and guests. We had uh, Shannon Sylvia on recently and, uh, you know, talking about her new book. So um, we got to get you guys on our show again. We really do. Oh, we'd love to. And, and you know, of course, uh, that we wouldn't be doing what we do had we not you know, learned so much from, from watching yourself and Sandra and, and Carl over the years. And uh, I, I remember sitting there in, in, you know, in the front row of your class here in New Bedford and, and just learning so much in just those couple of hours. And when I walked out of there, I was, I was more sure that we were doing the right thing than, I, than I'd ever been. So thank you so much for all that you've done in, in helping us learn. You're very welcome, and thank you guys, too, for all you do for the paranormal community and all of us, and uh, great, great guys, too. You guys are just uh, wonderful guys, too, and, uh, you know, even you know, off the air, it's great to socialize with you guys and anything, so, um, you know, I've got to get back there in the studio real soon with you guys. It's an open door to you, Keith, anytime you want to come. Okay. Well... Again, happy anniversary and great, great illustration by Jason Mayo there of you guys. He really captured your uh, essence there. Oh, it, it is. It's fantastic. Everybody I've shown it to, it just blows them away. And, uh, you know, a lot of people look at it and they say, you know, I, I kind of, that's a good look for you, Tim. You should probably go with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I'll be in touch again soon, guys. And, again, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful show. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. It uh, just keeps getting better and better. So. Thank you so much. Okay. God bless, guys. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was the one and only Keith Johnson. Again, our first guest. And and the fact that he made it through that first episode with us and keeps coming back just shows you what a great guy he is. All right. We have another call here. And uh, then uh, we'll probably have to take a break for the news in a few minutes. And then, like I said, coming up in the second hour, I really want to get into some of the the, the reminiscing of, of actual episodes. And, and I'll, I'll kind of do here on the program tonight what I did on Spooky Crossroads. I'm going to kind of scroll through the archives and just bring up episodes. And it's going to be amazing how many of them you kind of forgot about. But then once <laughs> I mention it, it'll all come back to you. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Hey, gentlemen. Uh, happy anniversary to you. Thank I've you. Been, I've been listening via ancient modulation from across the bay from me for yeah, about six years now. Our condolences. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about the only means I have, a phone and an old radio. But I think you'd be surprised how many people love live and local radio on the air. I, I, you know, and I've always loved it, and that's what was so great about having the opportunity to do this show is it's it's the kind of radio that I grew up on. It doesn't really matter what the subject matter is. The fact that it can be a platform for something that you might not have ever thought people would want to talk about is is what I think at the very essence of it is. And we've always tried to pay, you know, due respect to radio and the talk radio format as best we can. And uh, it, it's something that I think is making a comeback. I think people are starting to see the value of it. And if our show is just kind of one way for a younger crowd to get into talk radio, then, then that's all the better. 
Yes, uh, well, I, I have several friends who listen now and then, too, over the airwaves. <laughs> uh, well, now, when I first started, I was a bit of a paranormal skeptic, but you say, uh, all helped open me up to the possibilities. Well, that, and that's all we can do. That's our, all we that, can do is kind that of... That means our job is done. Right, just kind of help, help you keep an open mind. That's all that we've ever claimed to do. We're not, we're not here to convince anybody because... We're not 100% convinced ourselves. No, we're just here to provide information. We let you choose what you want to pick out of it. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Oh, Tim, a little bit off topic, but uh, in the Cape Cod Times last Monday, you were uh, you got to read your article, uh, your oh, yep. column about the uh, post-mortem for the Patriots, and it was <laughs> superb. Thank you. You're, you're really, really good. But anyway, I want to thank you guys and BSM for allowing you to do this. And as I say, you got a lot of listeners out there that just don't call, but we're out of here. Well, we appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Have a great thank night. You. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, really. Like, it, to be able to keep alive this genre for people not just paranormal talk because there's there's so much paranormal talk out there now on things like blog talk radio and and all these you know different websites but let, let's be honest we, we've done those shows we've listened yeah. to those shows we have friends that host those shows but it's not the same you're not held to the same type of journalistic standards broadcast standards uh you're not held to the same type of accountability as you are on a rig and i think being on the radio has helped us land a lot of guests I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there we, still is that that yeah. credibility factor to it. Yeah, because we have to conform to certain rules. There's no if, no and, no but in order to be over the airwaves. And there is something to be said for that. You know, a, a lot of times we could easily have gone, you know, feral, mm-hmm. so to speak, on on some of the things, but we didn't, and we had to keep the the stiff upper lip and just muddle through it because that's what actual terrestrial radio is about. You have, you have to be fair. You have to be balanced. Well, you should be to you, make it yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, in the last 15, 20 years, they've gotten away from that because right. it doesn't sell as well as, you know, Howard Stern and people like that. But, you know, we, we've definitely tried to, to follow through in what I like to listen to as I grew up. My dad was a big talk radio guy when so I was, was in the car with him yeah. and we'd hear it. And, and that was, that was the way that I kind of learned of what a good host should be. And I try to adapt and pick a little bit up from people. And I try to do the opposite of some people. And, you know, it, it's but to me, it's not a science. You know, I didn't go to school to learn how to be a radio host. I, I, I didn't study it. I don't read books about it. I just kind of go on instinct and intuition. And I think that listening to other shows has kind of helped form that. So. That's the way that we try to look at things. I mean, if if we had more structure, I think the show wouldn't be as interesting to people. You know, if it was okay, you know, we've we've got ten minutes for this segment and then we got to go. You know, then I think we'd run into trouble because the conversation comes very organically, and that's what it is. Right. We don't do interviews here; we do conversations. Right, planning it out to the next hard break, and yeah, I, I like not the organic be, of this. Not to say that if you know syndication was to happen, we couldn't do that. We certainly can. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, we we do try to make sure that we keep things free flowing as much as we can and and we try to make it 
an open forum for people to share their discussions, their feelings, their beliefs, their questions, their concerns about the paranormal. So, but we are coming up on one of those actual hard breaks that we do have to take. And, you know, if anybody that wants to syndicate the show is listening, you can see how well we do it. But, uh, we we are going to take a break for the news when we come back coming up in hour two, we will talk more about the specific episodes of the past seven years. And remember, you can get every single one of them ever on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. A good portion of the last couple of years is also available on YouTube as well if you want to see the video archives. And just if you've never gone back and, and started with the show, uh, if, you, if you've started recently and you've never gone back and listened to some of the past episodes, go back and check them out. Because not only can you hear some great discussions, some great topics and great guests, but you can kind of hear... Hopefully that we've grown over the years and we're not nearly as weird and awkward as we were back in 2006. But, uh, you know, we, we own it. You know, we, we, don't, we don't shy away from it. Yeah, we did it. And uh, so definitely go back and check them out if you've never have before uh, because you have to kind of go to the beginning of this to see how we got to the point of where we are now. Otherwise, if you just jump in right now and you have no background, then you just think that we're nuts. And you're probably right. So we are going to take a break for the news, but we come back. Call in. Share your thoughts. 508-996-0500-1877-996-1420. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Evan Russo. A dark and stormy night, and we're here for the second edition of Spooky South Coast. I'm Tim Weisberg. Evan Russo will be joining us, and behind the boards tonight making his technical debut is Matt Costa. How are you doing, Matt? Not too bad. Have you heard uh, some positive reaction about the show during the week? Or? A lot of positive reaction. All right. Lo- as long as there isn't a lot of negative reaction, especially from the other side of the spiritual world, you know, I was a little bit worried getting home last night at about 1230 in the morning. Uh, I live in a, a dark and dreary neighborhood in Wareham, and I was just a little bit afraid of uh, what might be sneaking up behind me. But, hey, you never know when you get an exclusive interview with something either. So. Exactly. And uh, Evan is just joining us now, and uh, we were telling everybody how excited people are about Spooky South Coast, how much they all want to call in and talk to us, 508-996-0500 or 508-291-0500 for Wareham and the Cape. We want to hear about your paranormal experiences, ghosts, aliens, demons, possessions, conspiracy theories, crop circles, whatever you have, we're ready to believe you. And uh, we have an action-packed show lined up for you tonight. Coming up later on, we'll tease us a little bit. We're going to have a Super Bowl prediction from a renowned local spiritual advisor, Gail Hicks, the Reverend Gail Hicks from Fall River. She is going to uh, talk to us about the Super Bowl. We gave her a whole list of questions on which to meditate and to, uh, and to, to figure out exactly what's going to happen. And uh, before that, though, in the first hour, we're going to have Mr. Paul F. Eno, who is a journalist a paranormal investigator and an author who's written a few books. He has a new one coming up, and he's going to talk to us about his experience in the paranormal realm. But then again, we also want to hear from you, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. All week long, people have been saying, you know, Tim, I have a story that I want to tell. I don't know if I feel comfortable telling it on the air, but... That's, you know, we're here to listen. We're here to believe you. Everybody listening, you know, is interested in the paranormal, whether or not they're skeptical, whether or not they believe. We want to hear what's going on. We want to get to the bottom of this kind of stuff. So. So there you have it. That was from episode two of Spooky South Coast back in 
uh, I believe it was Febu- first week of February 2006, the second episode. Here we are celebrating our seventh anniversary, and Matt Costa was making his technical debut behind the board that night, and here he is again, and now he's behind the board, but on the other side. On the other side. That's why you should be over on this side and not me. Nay. Actually, nay. it would make sense if that was Mike 3, but whatever. Just turn the board around. <laughs> that might work better. That's fine. So yeah, it seems like only yesterday. It does. It does. But uh, except yesterday I, was seven years ago. <laughs> I have to say, it's amazing listening to those old episodes because it is it, is it six years or are we going into our seventh? We're going into our seventh, I believe. Yeah, we're going into our seventh because ah. it was two thousand six. Yeah, we're going into our seventh, our seventh season, I guess you could say. But yeah. uh, listening to those old episodes, you know what? You know what's hilarious about those is don't I just sound like I'm out of breath? Um. Slightly, but that was probably because we were running late to the show, but, which we totally don't do that anymore. Right, absolutely. <laughs> totally <laughs> don't do that We're anymore. always on time now. But Especially back- this guy who had to stop and get a slushy instead of come to the anniversary show. Did, did you actually buy that, or did you just like scoop in some snow from the ground and add um, a little artificial flavoring? No, but that's a good idea. I probably should have used some, some of that vitamin water Yeah, some snow. Yeah, yeah. that would have worked. And probably would have been healthier for you. Yep. But yeah, no, I definitely think that I sounded out of breath there because I was like nervous going yeah. on the air, and like now I'm. Well, I think you know, we were nervous because like, yeah, Evan, Evan wasn't there. There's nobody to babysit us, so right, it was like true. our first show by ourselves. We were crapping our britches. <laughs> Literally, the yeah. the late great Evan Russo, who uh, helped us, he helped helped me oh, get yeah. my start in radio, uh, bringing me on the locker room. Talking about that's late, is he? Yes, he, yeah. he passed wish, away. I wish he could be year. here today. Mm. But uh, he he did uh, he did teach us such great you know radio things that we need to know. Like I, I remember him standing over your shoulder yelling, "Dirt the chamber, Matt. What do you do?" Right. I think I texted that. I text that to you randomly. Randomly, sometimes. yeah. Sometimes I do. It, it, like some uh, last week, I think you did. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> we had a, a little bit of a, uh, uh, yeah, it was a dead hiccup. air. Yeah, yeah, a little a dead little air. Little. With which is just a computer switching over here uh, at WBSM, and and as soon as it goes blank, I get a text from Matt, "Dirt the chamber." So. <laughs> Uh, Uncle Levin, he's still still yeah. with us in spirit, and he still helps guide the show. And I, I think that uh, you know he's probably one of the spiritual driving forces behind those million downloads we had in October. So, but uh, we're we're talking about some of the beginning days of Spooky South Coast, Matt. And I know you said you were listening to a bit oh, yeah. uh, on your way in, and just kind of, I mean, do you remember the moment, the day that I got the phone call? And I came in from outside when we were at our at our day job, and yep. I said, "I'm going to be doing a radio show on the paranormal." <laughs> and then I said, "Hey, do you want to do it with me?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, because Why I mean, not? I knew that if there was anything technical involved, if anybody could learn it, it, it was Matt. Yep. You know, we were just talking today. Actually, I was talking with my family, uh, my my in laws, about putting. I was putting something together, and I was like, you know, that's why I always like putting stuff together with Matt because he can always figure things out. Yeah, and that was kind of what I was hoping would happen coming in here. Is I was hoping that you would be able to figure things out, and uh, you did a great job. And then you retired, <laughs> <laughs> took a hiatus, and and now you're back, yeah, off and on. But um, I mean, really, what what I'm, I don't think I've ever actually asked you this. What were your honest thoughts, you know, going into the the first shows? I mean, did did you think it was going to work? Um, actually, I didn't know what was going to think. I was just like. Hey, I'll show up, see what happens. We'll go from there. Yeah, at the very least, Basically. it gets you into a radio station and yeah. you can check it out. But, uh, I mean, I, I 
think that we were pretty confident in the fact that we could at least carry a conversation between ourselves for two hours. Yeah. But yeah, uh, whether or not anybody was going to call in and interact with us yeah, was and a different Whether story. or not it was going to be entertaining to anybody aside right. from ourselves. That's <laughs> right. the problem. That was the biggest thing. So we're still not sure if that's yeah, we're, a thing. Yeah, it's still. But, we, we don't have any real guaranteed proof that when we get a million downloads, that it's like <laughs> the same million people coming back each yeah. time. Like, it could just be a million it's all new relatives. people. Yeah. It's all just our relatives. <laughs> really, our, my mom just sitting there like again and again. She doesn't even know what she's doing. She just presses the button because I told her to. Yep. But uh, <laughs> that's, but that's what's what's good about this show though is that you know we didn't try to inject ourselves all over it, and I think that's the problem with a lot of these other paranormal shows is you know that they, they do take the focus away from the topic and away from the guests, and, and we've never tried to do that, even on some nights when we probably should. <laughs> And sometimes we let our guests take things over a little bit too much to the point that now they run the damn show. And speaking of that, let's bring on our show's content director, Chris Balzano, who has basically been the driving force of the show for the last couple of years. And we probably would have already given up if not for him. What's going on, Chris? Oh, that's sweet. Not really. Listen, I, I am now a, a not certified, but I am a math teacher. I've, I've run this a few different ways. I put it through a slide rule. You have seven seasons under your belt, and this is officially season eight. What? Really? Yeah. Wow. Yes, it is, it's kind of like being pregnant. You have to count it differently than, than, than you're counting it. You're like, I mean, yeah, you're making a mistake all week. I can say, woo, six years. So it's, it's actually seven. Right. So, yeah, we don't know anything about what we're doing here. <laughs> and, so, but I can tell you as a math teacher, 100%, if you have a shadow of a doubt, this is season eight. And you didn't happen to count how many episodes, did you? No, my we, slide rule broke. We were having that discussion uh, off the air, uh, Moniz and I, and it's it's definitely well north of four hundred. Because when we checked a couple of years ago, we were up over three hundred, so we're we're probably approaching like five hundred. We should probably check that because we might yeah. want to have a big five hundredth <laughs> episode celebration. Yeah, we're already at like five hundred and seven or something. Yeah, we it's like ah, oh, we missed it. Oh well. <laughs> but uh, you know, I well, mean, I, I actually thought this was the uh, Timbinal birthday party, uh, party show, but I guess oh. I guess I'm on the anniversary show. Right, and, uh, and and another big uh, big help to the show over the years too, Tim Benal. Um It's also uh, Bob Lazar's birthday. I was talking to him earlier today. I want to wish Bob Lazar a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bob! And uh, and we we never really had him on the show either. I'm working on it. I'm he, trying to. He's him and I have been friends for a while. Right, but he's always been a little bit. Yeah, he's very particular about his media appearances. Uh, but yeah, Chris, I mean. You were here in the the first month or so of the program as, as a guest, and you know I'm sure you didn't think we were going to be around for very long. Um, no, it, it, it's funny because you know I always talk about just how absolutely ridiculously serious we were uh, that first show, and and if you compare that to the way we talk to each other now, or even though just the way that you know we we interact on the show, I mean we were thinking I think that this stuff was something that had to be absolutely serious, you know, and it was. It was, I believe it was the day before uh, St. Patrick's Day, so about, I think I was, you know, maybe your eighth show or so, and you had already kind of uh, um, hit a lot of the people that I knew in the paranormal, and it was exciting, and I remember you calling me, and I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday, sitting on my back porch, and it was still cold, kind of talking to you about what you're, you know, what you guys were doing on the show, and, and I was like, wow, this sounds pretty cool, and and the first break, you know, Matt Moniz and I went out, and he was still, he was still on the, the nicotine train back then, <laughs> and uh and him and I had a discussion, I think, about giants. 
and about uh, the, the cliffs in, in England or Scotland, I think it is. Uh, Ireland. With, uh, excellent. With Ireland. And I was looking at going like, wow, dude, I am not alone. There are people who think about this stuff and who debate this stuff and who research this stuff. And I think that above all, you've given to both the guests and the listeners and the people who call in, you've given uh, a voice to, to people who at one time or another uh, thought that they were alone in their, their kind of interest in this. And, and, and whereas the, the paranormal media you know, has kind of risen as you guys have risen, um, that doesn't allow them to reach out, to touch, to talk, to interact, to debate. And I think you guys have given an excellent microphone for that over the past now seven years. <laughs> and, you know, that's what kind of makes it, you know, it's good to kind of see you guys in those, those first few years being like, wow, this is, some, this is something that uh, is important to people who are like me. Well, I, I still remember when uh, I first found out about the Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads website uh, back when we first started. We were in the planning stages for the show. And I remember thinking, gee, you know, this guy would be a perfect spooky South Coast guest if only we could get him. You know, if only we could get this guy to, to come on the program. And, and, of course, you know, I emailed you and, and we ended up having a great discussion and, and you didn't hesitate. And I'm sure now that you wish you had. But at least at least back then, it, it definitely felt like when you came, you came in here, right? You, you drove all the way down here for the show. Oh, yeah. And got lost. <laughs> everybody does. We still get lost <laughs> on the way here. But it felt like when you were in the room, it was supposed to happen that way. And, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it was delayed because of uh, NCAA basketball, of all things. Oh, thank God those days are and, away. Those, I know. And it was, it was, it was, you, had a, you had a sheet of something. You were very well prepared, and you had, you know, of course, what you wanted me to read for the, for the Week in Weird. I think it was the first guest that read for the Week in Weird. And, uh, and it was like, wow, Bobby, these guys are so professional. You know, I didn't notice you guys rolled in, you know, five minutes after I was in the parking lot waiting for you guys. But you know, it was, it was, you know, it felt very uh, real. And that's the best way to say it. And you guys have all uh, continued to be real and to um, tell me uh, what it is when I need to know what it is and to, to tell each other that and, to, and yet still not step on each other's toes or, or offend. And, and that's a, a great testament to the people you guys are, not just the radio personalities or, or, or investigators you are. And we offer people drinks now when they come to the studio. <laughs> yeah, I saw you guys, uh, I saw you guys you know, going off on that uh, vitamin water, and I'm like, you know what, I've got a coffee, so I'm not even going to say anything. So take that, Dave. Yeah, we need, we need a... Uh... We, we need a, a official beverage sponsor of Spooky South Coast just so we can always have a, a stocked fridge for the people that come in. But uh, the the thing that fascinated me about those early days was, uh, again, the fact that nobody knew who we were. Uh, they were kind of just operating on uh, good faith that you know we knew what we were doing. And we were able to put together a, a fantastic slate of people to come on the show in, in those early days. And... We were so lucky because if it wasn't for those guests that we had, you know, people like like Kristen Gartland and yourself and and Moniz getting uh, us uh, time with Bud Hopkins at a time when he really wasn't doing any interviews anymore uh, in the latter stages of his life and, and when it was 
you know, we they they had no reason to give us their their precious time, right. and they did. And because they did it, it made the program that much stronger because we were still learning as we went along. And I think that if we had just had a bunch of uh, you know, local paranormal investigators in here each week, and we talk to them about different cases. You know, we might not have had to challenge ourselves enough to grow, but because you know, in the what's it, the fourth or fifth episode of the show, we're talking to John Zaffis, a guy who, while he's one of the nicest guys in the world and always tries to make time for everybody, you know, if we were wasting his time, we'd be wasting his time, and and, and he wouldn't put up with that. And you know, we had to bring it. When we have these type of guests, you know, when we have Bud Hopkins on, uh, when we're talking to Peter Robbins, you know, uh, these are the people we got Richard Sennett early on. We got Brad Steiger early on. And these are the kind of people that were like, okay, you know, we just can't float and get by here. We have to be ready. And I learned pretty quickly that, you know, it takes a long time to be ready for a once a week radio show. Yeah, the A game doesn't just instantly happen. You got to prep and practice for it, and make sure you are ready for it. And and Chris and I talked about this on on uh, on Spooky Crossroads this week, but we actually had a guest this week that Chris had tried to get to come onto the show, and he said he didn't. He admitted that he didn't know that much about our program, but uh, he said that he no longer really likes to do a lot of these shows because he finds that the guests are real prepared. They don't read the material. That they're not ready. They don't bring that A game. And both Chris and I took it as a slight and as, as an offense that he would say such a thing to us because we've been the champions of having to be prepared like that for so long. I mean, uh, how many times, Chris, have we, we booked somebody and we, they've said to us, well, I can't get you a book that fast. And we said, well, then we've got to put the interview off because we won't go into it unprepared. Right, right. right. And like I said in the letter back to him, you know, we pride ourselves in that. We pride ourselves in now, we have weeks where we, you know, if we are booking a show and something cancels, we don't bring in someone who we don't know, who we can't have a conversation with, and it's not about the book they're promoting, but it's just them being a great person, and we want to learn from them. Uh, and those shows end up sometimes being the best shows, um, but you prepare, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you get it done, and, and, and your approach, and I think that you develop this approach early in the week when you're kind of saying, okay, who's up to this week? What are we doing? Um, and I love the line you used where you said, at times you realize you have to be an avatar for the, for the audience. Other than being amazing writing, uh, I mean, it's just so true because there are some guests who um, you have an agenda as a host or as a, as, a, as a person. You want to confront them on something or you want to learn about something specific. And other times you just have to say, well, sit back and say, from what I know and from what I'm researched, what does the audience want to know? Um, and I think that you guys have always done a really good job of doing that, except for when I'm on when you seem to do no research. Right. Well, it's not worth it. But no. uh, when when you listen to a lot of these other shows that are in this genre, uh, I think that's what happens is, is people are in the field. So therefore, they feel like their knowledge base is such that uh, each time they ask a question, it has to be not asking the guest to share their knowledge, but to kind of show how much they know themselves. And, and Moniz, I'm sure you deal with this a lot, dealing with, with people in the scientific community all the time and, and, and people that are, are quite knowledgeable, and it's almost like a, a battle of intelligence in some regard at times. But uh, you probably encounter these people more than, than we may in everyday life. But, I mean, how off-putting is it when somebody uh, wants to ask you a question to just show off or validate their own knowledge? I deal with that on a daily I, that's what basis. I would assume. 
especially in the type of industry I'm in, analytical chemistry. A lot of ego puffing, and a lot of it is just that. It's ego, not really intelligence. They don't really know what they're talking about. They just know a few salient things, and they're trying to make themselves look more important in front of the other people. I found that a lot of the scientists that really have a clue don't say anything. They just go about and do their business. They don't stand in, you know, the break area talking about how they're doing this with this compound, that compound, and what, and whatever. And in a lot of cases, like I said, it's more ego than intelligence. And and there's certain people that are in this avenue in the in the paranormal field that you know, you can tell that they're they're of a different mindset. Like for example, you know, Jeff Belanger, whenever you have a conversation with him, you know, it, it's the first question that he asks is always, you know, how are you doing? What are you working on? You know, and and, and that's somebody who Well generally that's the second What do you mean, what's the first? Well, with him it's usually, you know, where's the dead hookers we get to do Well, these. yeah, these these, these MFers and <laughs> yeah. But uh you, you know, but but that's that's the way that I try to uh, approach things when I'm talking to somebody is, you know, I my and Chris, I know that you, we've talked about this uh that we're tired of that first question being, so how did you get involved in the paranormal? Right. And, right. But I do try to make my first question to be, you know, what is you know, trying to explain to the audience, why are you here? And right. I feel like once somebody starts opening up that door and opening that part of the conversation up, then I no longer have a leg to stand on if I want to try to show myself. You know what I mean? So it's, it's almost self-deprecating in a way to, to ask that question because it's showing like, here's the person with all the knowledge and the credentials, and I'm just going to be reflective here. I'm not going to be trying to dominate the conversation. Yeah, and, and it's, it's... But now uh, I'm going to dominate the conversation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, as, as, a, as a person who has been on many, many, many radio shows, um, you know, it, it's... Um, uh, you, you become bored with trying to find a new way to answer those questions. And sometimes trying to be like, you know, we just we used to count five minutes on that. And we only have an hour. We only have so much amount of time. I would love... You know, I like the questions that challenge me completely, uh, that establish who I am, and that kind of make it so that, you know, oh, wow, okay, so this is the tone of this conversation. You know, you, you, you only get a first chance to make a first impression, one chance to make a first impression, and, and um, you know, you have to come out strong. And, it, and, it, and it's, um, it's too easy to give those softballs uh, and tempting to give those softballs instead of, of being like, all right, you're an authority, I'm sitting back, I'm learning something, I've got something to bring to the conversation, that'll come up later, roll with it. You know, and it's and it's you know the opening monologue um, sometimes, Tim, that you do very very well. It's very short, off of some most times, and yet it completely establishes the tone for for what that show is going to be and, and establishes who the guest is. It's, you know, it's a skill for for those who think we just you know turn it on and 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 we roll with it. You know, if you want any comparison, listen to last week's Spooky South Coast, and then listen to my Spooky South Coast with the same guest. You know, two years ago, and I, I'm not downing myself, but that's not what I do. I don't have your chops. I sometimes do some podcasting. You know, like I'm not a radio host. And if you listen to those two different interviews and compare them, you can really see, wow, you know, Tim is something special in this field. And you know what? We're fortunate enough to have uh, to have him having chosen paranormal radio instead of wrestling for a while. Well, thank you. I still am willing to talk wrestling with anybody though. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. But the what what bothers me about 
the approach that other people take, though, is that, you know, you do also have to bend a bit. And a lot of these people are coming on to promote something, whether it be a product or, or, or themselves. So you do have to kind of work in that uh, allowance for some self-promotion on the part of the guests. But when you do that, you have to make sure that it's balanced in such a way that it's not, you know, the predominant point of the conversation. I mean, how many times do we still get emails to this day? And, and we've made it pretty clear you know, here on the show, which goes to show you that people that are asking probably aren't listening to the show, but we've made it pretty clear that we no longer have paranormal groups on as guests. Like you can't just email us and say, you know, I'm from Acme Paranormal Group and, you know, any town USA and I'd like to come on and be a guest because I've investigated this and I've done this and, you know, like that, it doesn't fly anymore. That's not interesting to the audience. If we can take your experiences and apply them to a topic, then we can do that. But, you know, nobody wants to just hear about your group, how your group got started, what your group has done, who's in your group, what equipment your group uses, and play us some of your best evidence. It just doesn't work any, anymore. I, I think that when, when I, you know, asked you guys whether I could come on and, and work for you guys and do some stuff, it was coming off of uh, Pair Relations, which was the, the short-lived uh, PR for a firm that, that Tim and I formed. And I remember we booked, it was, I don't the kid must have been about 20, uh, if not like 18, 19. And he was running an event in Pennsylvania. Oh, right. Do you remember his name? It Anthony was, or something. It was Reverend, it? Reverend something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, he sounded much like my son did right before he went to bed tonight. But, but we booked him places. And we booked him on Rob McConnell's show, The X-Zone. And I was unfortunate. <laughs> Which I still haven't done myself, by the way. <laughs> What did you say? I said, which I still haven't done myself. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's got five I, I, hours of radio every night, and he's never once asked me to help him fill it, but whatever. Um, I, 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 was, I was on after this guy, so I booked him, and then I booked myself after him. And for the first time uh, ever, having listened to that show, and I used to listen to that show a lot because there wasn't a lot out there, um, Rob McConnell went off on him, went off on him, uh, basically being like, you're just in this for the money. And he, and he was like, really? And then he kind of it leaned over to me, and he attacked me a little bit, but no one in the audience knew that me and this other guy were connected. And it wasn't so much that I had been attacked and I had been accused of going on to promote something, because I was going on to promote something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of the fact that I realized it can't just be about I like ghosts or I like Bigfoot. And I want a mic. Um, and it can't be when you're looking for a guest, it can't just be something like that. It has to be some it has to be someone who brings something new to the field and hopefully something challenging to the field. And so, uh, you know, oftentimes I say, Well, this book looks kinda good or, or this idea seems kinda good, let's try to get them. But more often than not I try to book people who their what they've written or what I've heard them speak somewhere else or be on another radio show challenges me, and I say, you know what, I would love to see what Tim and the Matt's do with this. And that's that's how I kind of go about trying to get people on to talk to you guys. And and again, not to toot our own horns, but this is kind of our, our one-time toot our own horn episode. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I've, I think that we've learned as, uh, as people who host the, the show and, and who book the show is, you know, we've stopped looking at just what the people say when they send those emails you know it's more just about like what it is that they're trying to promote and more about we our mind starts finding a way to make that fit into something and even though that guest might not end up coming on it will spark something in our minds that might make for a good episode and i can't even tell you how we came up with some of these 
early shows that we did. But uh, it was – I mean, I remember Matt Costa and I talking back and forth and be like, want to do a show on demons? Let's do a show on demons. And then being like, well, I don't know if we should do a show on demons because then we'd have to talk about demons. And when you talk about demons, you're given the power and all this stuff. You know, and, and, and we had like these type of things and like – yeah, and then we're kind of like, you know, screw it. It's got to be talked about. Let's just do it. Whatever happens, happens. You know, uh, one thing's for sure. I'm, I'm not nearly as afraid uh, as afraid of uh, of talking about this coming back at me uh, like I was back in those early days. Except for the aliens, please don't abduct me. <laughs> and I I get more and more worried ever since uh, Audrey told me she was sending them my way. <laughs> so, speaking of Audrey, yeah. uh, she's had. I, I'm going to be heading up there up to Portland next Saturday. So I'll do a live report from up there. I got to, there's some physical samples I got to retrieve. And yeah, I've been, I've been kind of seeing that, uh, it was some of the major happened. Yeah. So we'll save it until yeah. she's ready to share it. But, um, but I mean, going back to some of these early episodes that we did, um, I mean, first of all, like how many other paranormal radio shows have had billionaire car dealers as a guest? Not too many. <laughs> but we had Ernie Bach Jr. on the show, and uh, but but going back to some of our early like concept shows, uh, you know, uh, here we have uh, June twenty fourth, two thousand six. We had Keith Johnson, who who uh, of course was our first guest, uh, but we also had Renee Smith, who was the angelologist for Taps. So we had Taps's demonologist and angelologist on, and we had a, a discussion about the similarities and differences between angels and demons, and the impact that they have in paranormal investigation, you know, things like that. Uh, going back to ideas like that is what really kind of got me going. It, it almost like it didn't matter. We would come up with a topic that we wanted to talk about and then just try to find a guest to fit it. Um, I know I had mentioned to you, Chris, uh, on Spooky Crossroads when we had Rosemary Ellen Guiley and Dominic Adesani on. Dominic was from the Lucidity Institute, and we talked about lucid dreaming and the effect that that has in the paranormal. You know, things like that. Th- those are the shows that really got me going and, and really got me exploring more the topics that were being talked about on the show, uh, you know, more so than probably anything else. Yeah, and, and one thing, if, if, I can, if I can toot your horn, because this is a tooting horn, um, because I don't think you guys get enough recognition for this, because you were doing this BC before Chris, um, before me being part of the crew. Um, and that is the uh, attention and the spotlight you guys have uh, allowed for the Bridgewater Triangle. And I know everyone wants to kind of take their bite of that cookie and, and, and kind of become a specialist in one thing, and we all kind of have, you know, our, our claim to fame with the Bridgewater Triangle, but it really is the work of Spooky South Coast, not only just in your uh, Bridgewater Triangle shows bringing them together, uh, and your support of local groups, which are, you know, obviously uh, based in the Bridgewater Triangle, but just in your um, open-mindedness and your uh, your desire to deliver that to the audience, um, in supporting the people who are working in the Bridgewater Triangle, whether it's you know just investigating or whether it's creating media like me, um, people can say what they will. I don't think that the Bridgewater Triangle would be such a buzzword um, in our community and outside the community, in the community of the Bridgewater Triangle, uh, people who aren't to the paranormal if it wasn't for the work and the intention from Spooky South Coast. And I don't think you guys really get your due for that. Well, I mean, likewise, though, is your work and, and Chris Pittman and Aaron Cadju's film and, of course, Lauren Coleman. I was going to say Lauren Coleman. That got us uh, to, to pay attention in the first place. But uh, but that's but that's what this is for. This is for giving a voice to something like that. You know, We're doing this so that 
other people around the world can learn about the Bridgewater Triangle. And so many people will email us, call us, you know, get in touch with us one way or another and say, you know, we have our own little version of the Bridgewater Triangle where I live, but I just, I can't get enough of hearing the stories about the, your Bridgewater Triangle. You know, I, I want to hear more stories from what happens in your area. And I think that we're very fortunate that we live in a unique area for, for hauntings and, and different paranormal phenomena. There's a future show for us, your local triangles. We organize a show where we contact people that have their own little triangles in their area and <coughs> do a triangle show. Funny thing is that they're popping up all over the place now. Now that people I, are I think they've, they've always been there. It's right. Just, the, the <laughs> people are realizing now, wait a minute, let's connect these dots. You know, triangle or not, they are all connected. But yeah, I mean, and of course, the annual Bridgewater Triangle show is is always uh, is always a highlight here in the studio. Not so much because it's probably a, the the night we have to work the most out of any. But uh, it's it's always uh, the listeners love them, and I know that the uh, people who go out and investigate for us love them too. Uh, I, I think after all these episodes we've done, you know, probably close to five hundred or so. Uh, I still have to mark January 20th, 2007, right after our first anniversary, uh, right before our first anniversary, sorry, as being, oh, probably my favorite episode of all time. Do you know which one that is, Chris? Is it me? No, it's not you. No. Not me. You know what my favorite episode of all time is. Um, it's one of your favorites, too. Uh, it was... It's, no. it's the uh, very, very first spooky South Coast appearance of our Gary Patterson. Okay, I was going to say that. See, but I think I think his second appearance is, is, is more my favorite, and not just because I was involved with it, because, but because it was thrown together at the last minute, right? And everyone was was clamoring for this guy, right? And I'm by the side of the pool <laughs> when the when Amy Winehouse thing is, and almost simultaneously we come up with the idea. To have him on, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm in a hotel, but I'm not getting back till tomorrow. I've got like 17. I'm doing coast to coast. Da, 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 da. And like, yeah, I'll come on." And so we hooked him. And so I've got to, I've got to say, my the second appearance is, is my favorite. But I am with you on the first appearance. I listened to that one show more than any other Spooky South Coast episode. Well, for anybody unfamiliar, uh, our Gary Patterson is the author of um, the War. Uh, I'm sorry, the what was the name of the first book? The Great Beetle. Death Isn't it Paul the Walrus? No, the first, the the first. That's what it was later renamed. Oh, the okay. Walrus is Paul, but originally it was like called the Great Beetle Death Clue book or something like that. And of course, his other book was Hellhounds on the Trail, on the uh, trail. which was later renamed Take a Walk on the Wild Side. Yep. And and he writes about rock and roll legends and curses, and you probably heard him on Coast to Coast uh, very frequently. And and he was the one that started writing about the Twenty Seven Club, about Kurt Cobain. Janis Joplin, Robert Johnson, like all these all these people who died at the age of twenty seven, and we happened to get him on the night that Amy Winehouse died at twenty seven, the night that she joined the club. And you're right, he was going on coast to coast, and we scooped them. We scooped them by, by only a few hours, but we scooped them. And, and and it was amazing because we still had information pouring in as the show was going on. We were finding out more about the death of Amy Winehouse, and, and we were having this discussion, and we're we're talking very abstractly about it because you know we hadn't gotten all the information, and it, I just thought that was a, a a great great night. And on a technical note, it was the first night that I was ever here in the studio by myself. 
I, I don't even remember what the circumstances were, but we had no Moniz, no Costa. I didn't really know what I was doing over here, and we still pulled it off. And I, I think I, I think we even uh, I think we even managed to uh, salvage most of that episode and podcast too. I was gonna say I don't know if we got it um, if we got it on air uh, or what, like because I know there was a lot of technical issues that night because of that. But he went an extra hour, right? And he said to us, he wanted to keep talking to us. He, he was digging what was going on. He's like, I, guys, I have to go. I have to, like, I have to go on coast to coast. Right. We talked you know, right and, up until the time that he had to hang up and, and call, uh, I think it was Ian Punnett that night. And it was, uh, you know, and, and who is the, who's the other uh, gentleman who also had the, uh, the Beatles book? Uh, that was, um, oh, it was the, the John Lennon book. And I'm blanking on his name. That show, you know, I, you know, it was. Uh, Normally, I have an encyclopedic knowledge of, of spooky. I always just call him R. Gary Patterson Jr., but I know that's not his name. But that was a great show too, and that was. I remember I was listening to that show, and I had to call in about something we got, and then we ended up getting into a discussion. But you know, that was another one, and it was, it was, you know, which I think we, you know, we really need to get back to is like not just you know, uh, you know, putting the attention on all these other aspects of the paranormal and the unusual that people are getting to, you know, and not being as spooky sometimes as sometimes it's being freaky. Yeah, and that that was kind of a, a an interesting show, too, because I feel like his connections were kind of a stretch, a, a lot of the stuff that he was talking about, but we were still able to kind of bring that out of him and get him to make more of his point. Yeah, I think that, you know, challenging questions make the writer think about something they might have just kind of had in their head. Um and they put it in there, and, and when you ask a really good question, a really involved question, and they pause for a moment, that's, that's kind of, you know, they say uh, silence is death in radio. But I think on Spooky South Coast, when the guest has to pause for a moment and think, um, because you've posed something to them that they haven't, definitely haven't heard from another host, but that actually is kind of like challenging to them, and then they come up with something, uh, and they kind of prove their point, or they, they, they prove to actually be the authority we hope they are going to be, that's kind of when you've got gold. That's what happens with a, a vast majority of the guests that we have on. They say that they definitely enjoy the way that we, you know, interact with them because we ask questions that actually make them think. And, and Jonas Goda was his name, the author of the Lennon Prophecy: A New Examination of the Death Clues of the Beatles. And and I remember uh, talking with Gary about Joe's work, and and Gary saying, you know, it's it's not the same conclusions that I came to. But uh, it, it definitely is worth considering. And once Gary kind of gave him the seal of approval, that's when, you know, I was like, all right, let's have him on. <laughs> but, I mean. You know, uh, I think there have been a lot of great discussions left on the floor, though, because of, uh, you know, the, the Sox games and things like that. A lot of people who I've heard that we need to get back that had limited time that I was really kind of wanting to hear more from as well. So we should, we should have just, a, you know, a, a Sox interrupted us. Uh, show of you know bring on guests that and, that have been cut off because of Red Sox. In that case, we owe like six of those episodes to Kristen Garland. <laughs> she seemed to have that. She was she had the curse of the Bambino more than the Red Sox did. She had like eighty six straight appearances where she got cut off by uh, Red Sox games. So, and and some of the I mean some of the things that we've done again you know some people would call it um, stunt booking or or you know topical booking. Uh, but some of the ones that we've done and kind of tried to tie in the guests that we had with certain events that were happening or or, or certain things that were popping up in the news. And I, I have to say, I go back to that Dover Demon one that Keith mentioned as being one of the ones that 
showed us what we could pull off kind of on short notice because we didn't know that we were going to be able to get Lauren Coleman for that show. Uh, and, and I talked about it on Spooky Crossroads, but that was the moment that I knew that we were doing something different and doing something right was because Lauren Coleman doesn't really do a lot of these shows. You right. don't hear him on a lot of these podcasts. He's not out there, um, you know, touring the blog talk media circuit. And when we tried to get him to come on the show, he was very hesitant. And when we mentioned the concept that we had in mind for the Dover Demon show, he's like, that seems kind of interesting. So maybe I will. And we want him over with that episode, I think. You know, having uh, Moniz and, and John Horrigan out there where the actual sighting took place. And yeah, it w- that was a very excellent night. We we did things all the right way because there were other, several other people out there all trying to, you know, goof around. We made it a point to talk to the police first, telling them we're a radio show. We're doing this in honor of the, you know, mm-hmm. th- and we watched the police literally wrangle people around around us and left us alone. And we were able to continue on with the show. And that that worked out right. And uh, we have a question in the chat room real quick. Uh, Paranormal Pirate, again, one of our longtime friends and listeners, uh, he wants to know if it was Jonas Goda. It was Joe Nesgoda, N-I-E-Z-G-O-D-A, Joe Nesgoda. Just look up the book Lennon Prophecies, and and you'll find it that way. But, yeah, the Dover Demon Show was was one of those, uh, you know, if there's like a, a, a Mount Rushmore of Spooky South Coast shows, that might be one of the faces. There's a few other ones before we run out of time here that I, I kind of want to you know pat ourselves on the back for, uh, and definitely the old time radio episode is one. I want to do another one of those. That was great. There, there's, there's plans for another one. I know Chris was working on something, and the writers of the original one were working on a series of smaller little plays that we could play at the end of shows for consecutive weeks, almost like a serial. Ooh. So. That would be interesting. And, Chris, I know that you haven't really had much time to work on the one that you were working on, but... I get to it. <laughs> huh? I, roll it I roll it out because uh, sometimes in the middle of the night something comes to me and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's the next thing that happens. So it's, it's slow going, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in doing it and doing more of it as well. So. But, I mean, really, like nobody was doing anything like that, you know, and, and we took a chance. We tried to make it work as best we could. I mean, Costa and I were talking... Uh, for weeks about how we were actually going to try and do the Foley right here in the studio, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the original yeah. plan. We were going to get, like, washboards. Yeah, we get saw. Yeah, get the wobbly saw. Stuff and, like that, yep. And I, I think it was the lack of money to purchase a theremin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's two weeks in a row that theremin came up on the show. So if anybody wants to donate one, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we were all set for the whole sound effect thing. Stomping in the mud and everything, right? Yeah. And then they then they then they showed up with a long list yeah. of what they need, and we're like, we don't yeah. have the reality. Space. Reality set in, and then we were like, hey, Most, we're we're, we're kind of lazy anyway. So yeah, well, you still had to spend the time to download all those songs yeah, and to find them all. And uh, I I have to say, like one of the most one of the biggest. Parts of that, one of the most needed sound effects, but probably one of the most hardest to find was that baby wolf cry that oh, yeah. uh, that yeah, you spent spent days trying to find the baby cry, the, the baby fox cry. Yeah, you had yeah. spent days finding that, but I'm not sure if I found it or if they found it. But maybe somebody, but so. it finally came together. Yeah, we yeah. were worried about not being able to have that. Yeah, because yeah, we couldn't find anything that sounded similar to it either. And, and the funny thing about that is, people 
don't know this, but there was like no rehearsals for that. We had one quick read through yeah, yeah. here in the meeting room, and that was it. Yep. And then everything that you heard was pretty much live on the air. What was really special was having the audience outside the uh, studio window all wrapped up and sitting on blankets, eating popcorn, watching us do it. Right. They, they, yeah, they brought blankets, and, and we we were in a, we sent you over to Walmart to buy yeah. a radio. Yeah, so they could hear us outside. Because when they came here, there was no way for them to hear outside the studio, so Moniz ran down and grabbed a radio, and uh, we played that for them, and, and they watched every step of the way as, as the show went on. And it, it turned out really well. I mean... To this day, people still comment about it. And if you haven't ever heard it, go back and listen to it. It's our old-time radio special. And one of the other ones that, in the same type of vein, but certainly different, is another one of our most infamous episodes, that being the War of the Worlds Halloween broadcast, the first time that we were ever on the air on Halloween itself. And we figured what better time than to do a War of the Worlds tribute, Spooky South Coast style, and that was another thing that came together with really very little planning that was kind of made up on the fly. And uh, I just re- I remember that genius moment of, uh, you know, when we, we have Moniz calling in with his last, what was supposed to be his last call-in, uh, where he's getting rounded up by the authorities, <laughs> and they're at his house. Because <laughs> they're like, you don't need to come in because you're just going to be over the phone. So he was calling in from his house, and they were playing video games. Yeah, like and, Call of Duty type yeah, of thing. And they just decided to use that gun sound effect at just the right moment, and it, and it worked out perfectly. And the fact that, again, I don't want to insult anybody that fell for it, but it's awesome that you fell for it. It's so awesome that people were like, you got me. You got me with that. And I know War of the Worlds, and I should have picked up on it, but I didn't because I was so into the story that you were telling. Yeah, we were using all the same names, same locations. We changed the dialogue, obviously, to be modern, but yeah. Right, and instead of you know having phoned-in reports from the professor like, like uh, you know, Orson Welles did, we have, you know, I'm, I'm following him on Twitter, and here's what he wrote, you know, and just changing it just enough to, to modernize it and to throw people off. And, and I was telling Chris this on Spooky Crossroads, but I could picture in my mind the look on people's faces when we came out of that first hour and we went directly into the original War of the Worlds broadcast. And people don't realize like how important it was for us to do it that way and to have the station. I had to have the station sign off on that. Yeah. Because we had to not play the network news. Because if we play the network news, it never would have worked. If we had that five-minute break in between, the whole vibe would have been gone. But uh, I think I, I just told Matt to cut to commercial. We played the legal ID because that we couldn't get away with not playing. And we went right from the legal ID right into the original War of the Worlds broadcast. And it's still, out of everything that we've ever done, that one moment sends shivers down my spine when I hear it again because it's like if we did nothing right ever in these past seven years, we did that right. So congratulations all around you guys. On that huzzah. Huzzah. Wait, I got it. I found it again. Oh, I didn't turn on the... That's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that's on, that's on my, my Mount Rushmore of Spooky South Coast episodes. And uh, what, what what are some of the other ones that we would have to put up there? Because I know Mount Rushmore has four faces, but we don't have to only have four. Obviously, like we said several times, the Backyard Podcast. Right. That was a 
That was a classic. <laughs> I heard uh, a little bit talking about that on my way up here. Well, I mean, that was one of those ones where it didn't matter if it turned out to be a good show. We were just in it for a good time. Yeah. We yeah. went into it completely thinking we were just going to erase it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, was there a couple that we uh, recorded and erased? That night? No, just in general. In general? Um, there might have been. There might have been. I don't know. And I know that the Backyard Podcast episode, we originally went into it planning on e- editing it heavily. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then decided, no, no. Yeah. That, I mean, we did end up having to edit it for time. Well, was that because we said it was too much work to edit? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of work to edit. But, uh, I mean, just looking at some of these other topics that we've done, of course, we did always did the Rock for Christmas shows. Those were great, having Eddie Money and all, all the rock stars calling. Um I'm just scrolling through here. It's it's awesome when you're just scrolling through the the list of. I can make a, a a three face like a what is it? Jadis is the the god with three faces. I think. Um, yeah. I love the and not just because I'm involved, but I love the lost uh, Freddy Krueger and three ghosts of you know the the ghosts of Dickens episodes. If those could be like if I had a Mount Rushmore, that would be like one face like those three episodes that were completely like all right, let's talk about it. Um, and we got into kind of things that probably, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find people who are promoting the new Nightmare on Two movie who took our approach to it. Right. Um, and, and the same thing with Lost. I know a lot of people were on, you know, there was a lot of buzz and debating it, but we kind of went deeper into it. And then, the, and then the Ghost of Dickens one is just one that's really near and dear to my heart. So I, I love those three episodes that really kind of show that spooky South Coast can sometimes, you know, leave the paranormal stuff behind and have a discussion not necessarily on uh, the impact the media has on, on the way we look at ghosts, which we do a lot of, but also the impact of media that we've all grown up and we've accepted and we love. Well, we've only so got, we all didn't grow up on lots, but still. We, we've only got a few minutes left here before the show is over, but uh, we had a nomination from Low Battery Dave in the chat room, and it's definitely one that I would put on the, the Mount Rushmore myself, and that would be Jackie Barrett. And <laughs> it's still one of the ones that people talk to me about all the time. You know, they, they, the, it, she's known, of course, for, for dropping the F-bomb on the show. The first right. F-bomb on Spooky South Coast. Probably not the last. But uh, station management, forget I said that. <laughs> but, that, I mean, that was a very special night because that was one of the few nights that as the host of the show, I was speechless. I was riveted by what she was saying. And listening to her talk and listening to her sell me on and when i say sell i mean you know convince me of these things that have happened to her when i went into this not really knowing that much about jackie not really buying a lot of what jackie talks about but when i was done listening to her i i had to i I couldn't not believe her anymore because when she knowing you only had part control of the show right that she was going to kind of go where she wanted to go with and she certainly did and when she rolls you kind of just have to sit back because what she's spitting out is is interesting stuff, not necessarily what you wanted to be talking about, and you don't know where to cut her off. And and it was one of those go crazy one of those nights where you know the guest tells us, "I can only give you this amount of time," and when we get to the end of that window, they say, "I I, I want to keep going. Right. Let, let's not stop now." And she actually got us to go past midnight. And we went to like one o'clock in the morning, just talking to her, and and it was fascinating. Those are the old days when we used to do that when we weren't old. And like <laughs> by, then, by the way, it was also then officially Halloween, right? Yeah, right. And 
you know, moments like that are what makes this show still work for me. The fact that there still can be a night where I just want to sit back and listen to somebody talk and where I don't worry so much about whether or not we're putting on a great technically produced radio show. And I think about the fact that we're just having an amazing conversation with an amazing person. That's that's why we keep coming back here. That and because if we don't do it, then, you know, some other schlubs are going to come in and do it and probably do it better. And then, you know, what's our legacy then? Exactly. <laughs> that's me. I always have to have the most negative possibility happen. Aim low and achieve, right? Absolutely. That's that's our uh, that's our motto here on the show. Well, we are just about out of time. We want to thank everybody out there for for allowing us to to basically you know pat ourselves in the back for the last couple hours, and also for tuning in each week and for listening to the show for supporting Spooky South Coast uh, since January of two thousand six when we were just hoping to make it through one show, let alone hundreds of shows, and. When we did make it through that one show, we said, oh, it's going to get easier. And it did. It got easier. But our desire to put on a great show for you hasn't changed uh, in all that time. So hopefully you've enjoyed the last seven years. And you'll, seven years. And, you, and you'll enjoy the many more that are to come. Again, if you've never gone back and listened to the archives, do so. You know, go back and check them out. Uh, and we talked about this, Chris. We're people that when we get into a TV show, we want to start with episode one, and we want to go through every episode of the show. We don't want to just start in the second season and try to figure it out from there or go back later. You know, we want everything. And it's people do that with Spooky South Coast. They, they get involved with the show, and they start at the very first episode, and they won't listen to the latest one until they're caught up. And and we thank people for, for just having that type of – of uh, of attachment to the show and for making it to the latest one and not tuning out like three quarters of the way through. Somebody's saying here's to the next seven years. Hopefully in those next seven we get paid. <laughs> we'd, we'd like to be syndicated uh, during that time. So if you live somewhere and you think that this show would be a great fit for your local radio station, you know, let them know they can contact me, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. All right, so that does it for this the first seven years. So the the next seven at least are coming. And uh, we'll find plenty to talk about. We can keep this going forever. Someday we'll have to hand the keys off to somebody else, but we'll keep it going for as long as we can. And we thank all of you for joining us each week. Thank you to you guys for putting up with me for all this time and for helping me you know, make my crazy idea come true. And thank you for not remembering to turn off your phone. Seven years of doing the show, Moni. You think you know. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back next week. Chris, who's on next week? Uh, Deanna Kelly. Oh, great. Good. Because we, we missed having the opportunity to have her on before. So. And her books are coming in on Monday or Tuesday. So you got some reading to do, boy. Oh, I'll do it. You know I will. And uh, we'll have another great show that night as well. So we hope that you all tune in. We hope that you appreciate what it is that we do because we certainly appreciate you for being there for us. I'm really looking forward to where we can take this. We, we've had some talk about the direction that we go. One thing we want is we want for it to be more interactive. So we want you to contact us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, at SpookySC. There's so many ways to get a hold of us. It's so easy now with social media and with the Internet that you really have no excuse for letting us know, for giving us feedback, and for telling us what you like and dislike about the show. So until next week, for Matt, Chris, and Matt, we want you all to stay spooktacular.